Welcome to Ex Libris On Air and the stories behind the stories of today's literature and their authors. Greetings for Ex Libris On Air. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book, written by author Peter de Christopher, is a unique title and one that I'm going to have him explain. It's titled Pangea. Welcome to the program, sir. Thank you, Jay. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Over 312 pages. I understand your process for writing is not typical. In other words, you don't have a necessarily an outline. Uh, maybe you have sketty or uh, meatballs or something the night before, and it kind of gives you a, a, a head start in uh, maybe coming up with a storyline. How would you describe the process of uh, writing this book? Basically, what I do is I, I'm writing off the cuff. You have an idea. I jot it down. I think of how I'm going to enhance on it, and it's basically written page by page. Nothing's really set in stone. A lot of changes are made. A lot of editing is done page by page. That uh, that's an amazing process. I talked to some authors that have you know extensive notes down to the periods, semicolons, and uh, quotation marks. Others uh, write as you do, inspirationally. They uh, sit down, and uh, all of a sudden, an, an idea comes to them. They want to incorporate it into uh, the book. Was there any challenges in getting this storyline straight? In other words, when you're down to, say, a page 100, and then you're at page 240, mm-hmm. do you have flashbacks to what you have already written and uh, decide from there, or how do you go about that? Exactly right. What I try to do is I keep a log of all the characters, all the descriptions and everything that they've done within the book. And what I try to do is once I go back and relate to them, we come up with new situations where they can be added in. And we have main characters in the book, but there are so many other small parts and other characters, which is why if you look at the index of the books of characters and places, it's 17 pages long. Wow. Wow. A lot of creativity, in, in, obviously, in this process. Uh, how long did it take to write 300 and some pages? Is that one page a day or one page every four or five days? How would you describe that process? It's funny because I write. I don't write eight hours a day. My eyes are shot after three or four hours. <laughs> because um, I guess I was 21, it wouldn't bother me. But since I'm not, it winds up being a little tedious. So I write three, four hours a day, not necessarily every day. This book took almost a year to write. Incredible. 300 and some pages. Uh, what uh, What is the basic concept? I, I understand you're in a fantasy world, I guess, with the the cover, the way it's described, or the way it's, um, mm-hmm. the artwork is. Uh, who's your main character, and, and is there anything about the plot that you can share? Sure. The book is, called, uh, is titled Pangea. Pangea is a single supercontinent. If you look at the history of our world, Pangea was done hundreds of millions of years ago before we had continental drift where the continents moved away from each other. In this case, the continents were apart and they converged together to perform and they formed a single supercontinent called Pangea. The book is based basically on like a medieval time, even though it's based in the Sombrero Galaxy, which was created 13 billion years ago. They have not progressed technologically because of the amount of creatures and the size of these creatures. Hmm. Reason being that the oxygen levels, like in in Earth here, our oxygen levels are basically 21% of the gases in the air. Nitrogen makes up 78%. In Pangea, 
the oxygen levels are at about 45%, which allows the creatures to grow larger, live longer. Things are, years are not measured in years, they're measured in seasons because of the long lifespans. So what you're telling me is there's no motorcycle chases or automobile wrecks in this, uh, in this novel. No, not unless you use uh, a lot of them on the back of uh, uh, swords and uh, and bows and arrows. Yeah, is is there one exciting scene that maybe uh, let's say I'm a, a Hollywood uh, m- uh, you know movie producer, mm-hmm. which I think probably mm-hmm. in the back of your line you think this uh, this might work well in that setting. What's the most exciting scene that you created? There are so many exciting scenes in here. If there's a lot of blood, there's a lot of gore. There's a lot of um, killing and things along those lines, but it's done to represent the times that they live in. There are many particular scenes. One particular scene is when they're approaching the final battle, and the final battle is done between there's a coalition of centaurs, little elves, three-foot-high elves called waros, and human-like creatures called Terrans, only the Terrans are much taller, they're 9 to 12 feet tall. Mm. They have the final battle in what is called the Dark Tower, which where we have the disciple of evil, and I never give evil a name, evil is just evil, I don't think evil should deserve a name. Yes. But his disciple, Abaddon, leads the army in the Dark Tower to fight against the coalition that's trying to preserve the goodness of Pangea and how the battle goes on, and the characters such as there is called the White Witch or the Sorceress Isolda, and she is in a group with two Waros, which are the little elves, and um, they are being led by what is called a Daka. And the Daka is a little creature about 12 inches high that's familiar with the caves that's underneath the actual citadel and how they go through it and how they fight and how the battle ensues on the plains in front of the of the citadel. And it winds up being very long, very bloody, but in the end, Isolde is able to conquer the evil lord and send him back to the underworld. If this were a movie, would you describe it as a PG, PG-13, R? How would you describe that? I would describe it as PG-13. There's a lot of blood, there's a lot of gore, but there's not much language in it at all. There's not much um, cursing. There's very, very little of that. There's no sex. There's no. It's basically an adventure movie. And the main companion for your primary uh, character, did, I, I'm assuming transportation is horses, or have you also created a uh, mythical transportation mode? There's basically horses, and there are basically two types of horses. Because of the size of the Terrans, they ride what's called a draft horse. There's also a secret society called the Daughters of Shela, which are an assassin group which have teamed with them, which ride what's called Lambo ponies. Lambo ponies are very, very rare. They're only bred by Artemis the Dwarf, which is done in the Corona Mountains. And they ride these ponies, which are the fastest fastest horses on the on the supercontinent. 
your your writing style would you describe that basically as a conversational i know that all of your character a lot of your characters uh, do have uh, you know conversations and and right. uh, dialogue right. that goes between them uh, would you say this is an easy read since you mentioned that maybe a, a young adult could read this and and enjoy the uh, the adventure I would say this is more geared toward the young adult than the middle age. Generally, what I found and with the older people, senior citizens, they're more into documentaries, they're more into things like that. This is for people that enjoy the movies such as Star Wars or or um, Aquaman and things like that, where you can live in a fantasy world and just escape and that's the whole idea when i read when i read i want to escape i want to forget about what's going on in the world of today because there's so much happening and you just want to drift it and enjoy what you're reading that sounds like a plan most of us do need an escape hatch somewhere you mentioned one of your dialogues talks about the uh, temperature dropping to 294 kelvins uh, what's a kelvin right. for my listeners okay. A Kelvin is is a scientific description of temperatures. We know of Fahrenheit, we know of Celsius, but a Kelvin is a scientific measurement of of the atmosphere and 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 in space and things along those lines. It's I try to be a little more scientific in it, is because you know even at my age I'm back in college because when you were younger you go to school. You want to go, you want to make a living, so you want to study things where you can earn money. When you get older and you go back to school, like myself, you want to study what you always love. Mm. And what I study what I study in college now is archaeology and geology. And I use a lot of scientific terms in here, which is good because the people are interested in knowing some of what they are, they can reference them. Which I use, for example, uh, for example, like you said with uh, Kelvin's, but I also use different, like the troposphere, the stratosphere, describing different parts of the air, where the, where they would, where a beam of where a beam of light or a flash would go up into the troposphere, and the troposphere being the first layer of atmosphere on the planet, hmm. whereas the stratosphere would be the highest on the planet. Interesting. You, uh, I think, if I'm understanding your bio correctly, and I may be uh, thinking of another author, but in your first yes. venture in college, did you not receive some inspiration about writing, or is that uh, someone else I'm thinking of? Must be somebody else, because what I studied in college was how to be a mortician, and that wouldn't really <laughs> give me any inspiration. Okay, uh, not not in a good way, I don't think. I mean, I, not, not that I'm against way. not that I'm against yeah. morticians, because I I do have friends that are in that industry or have been in that industry. Your book again is a is a an adventure, exciting adventure. Uh, is there anything that was difficult besides the fact that you are creating on the fly, as you've uh, described it, or on the cuff? It, was there anything else that was uh, difficult to, to get this uh, together for a publication? It's just trying to get everything in succession and in the right succession. You want to be able to do sentences that are constructive and then descriptive. And I, I use a lot of description, and everything is explained in here. There is nothing where people say, what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> you know you know what I'm saying? If, if, for example, there's one part of the book where they're in the dark forest and they come across what's called giant mole rats. And the giant people are like, what's giant mole rats? Well, I describe them 
all the way through, but also in the back of the book and in the index is all references on everything where people can refer to to get even a clearer description. Well, that's a great idea. Great idea. How many books have you written? Is this your first uh, venture? This is my first venture. I do write a lot of short stories, and the short stories are on my website at peterdechristopher.com. And the short stories are basically horror-type stories, suspense-type stories. But this is the first venture I've done into a long-term, a longer novel-type book. Well, it's an exciting start for certain. And what is your long-term hope besides selling everything and uh, making a mint off of this? Are you wanting to write additional uh, dialogue or maybe some some uh, uh, scripts of some type? Well, it's funny that you, you mentioned that because... Um, the publisher and everybody's been really bugging me to do a second book and a follow-up on this, which I am actually working on now. I'm about at 63,000 words, about 120 pages on it. And it's a follow-up. It's taking the characters in a different aspect of it with a different goal. And it's wound up being, uh, I think, just as just as good as this book turned out to be. Well, exciting. And you've kept the characters. Uh, you haven't uh, done away with any of your main characters then in your first book here. And uh, they no, have a life beyond. Added, yes. I, I've added so many more new characters oh my. and new type of creatures. Incredible. You have a, 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 a what would be described as a creative mind and, and beautifully done. This book, again, is over 300 pages, so it's an amazing accomplishment mm -hmm. for a first edition or first venture into the mm -hmm. publishing world. The title of the book, again, is Pan Pangea. My uh, guest author, Peter De Christopher. Sir, where do we get copies of this? You can purchase this basically on Amazon.com. It can also be purchased on BarnesandNoble.com. And, of course, through the publisher, exlibris.com. You have a website. Tell us uh, how to get in touch with you or find out more about your ventures. Sure. sure. My website is peterdechristopher.com. And that you can see. All, you can read the first five pages of Pagea. You can also download the short stories that are on there for free. I See, I believe in if people like your style of writing and like what you're saying, then maybe they'll be able to purchase the book. So they can purchase, they can read all the short stories for free. Excellent. And I want, I'm trying to build a fan base where people like the style of writing and like the idea of what I'm writing itself. Well, Pete, thank you so much for sharing an exciting and interesting insight into this, your first major novel, Pangea. Thanks again for being a part of today's program. I thank you, Jay, and I appreciate everything that you've done. Oh, my pleasure. For Ex Libris On Air, this is Jay Douglas Barker.